Hello there. Welcome to this episode of Force Ghost Conversations. This is your host, Anthony King, and this week I'm going to take a deep dive look into Willow Episode 3 titled The Battle of the Slaughtered Lamb. Now, before we get started, I'm inviting you to join the conversation with us. We can be found on Twitter and Hive at Forest Ghost Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok just by searching Forest Ghost Conversations. We look forward to connecting with you on those platforms then. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your listening site of choice. And finally, please be sure to check out our T Public store to buy some Force Ghost Conversations merchandise. And without further ado, it's time to gather around the campfire for some Force Ghost Conversations. Okay, everyone, welcome back to another action-packed and filled episode of Forest Ghost Conversations. And yes, we're continuing our run on the Willow Train. Episode 3 is spectacular, I think, um, and just really keeps this strong momentum of great content from the Willow franchise, um, especially this new series that, uh, that we've been blessed with over the past couple of weeks here. But before we get into our spoiler discussion of all things Willow, let's run through the news that came out this week in the Lucasfilm Star Wars Galaxy um, in our appropriately dubbed segment, Cloud City Gossip. And boy, did we get a lot this week. First, we got another trailer for the highly anticipated game, Star Wars Jedi Survivor at the Game Awards. The story bits come to unfold more in this trailer, and as you can probably surmise, we will have a separate episode taking a deep dive into what we can glean from these images in a later date. However, it is great to see Cal Kestis and BD-1 back in action. Now, the game will officially release on March 17th, 2023, and pre-orders are available now. The trailer can be found on StarWars.com as well if you want to check it out for yourself in advance. And already I can tell that March is going to be a spectacular month for Star Wars fans. Um, with with this coming out, the, the game, uh, the tie-in book for the game as well coming out, I believe, a few weeks prior. Mandalorian Season 3 premiering on March 1st. Bad Batch will still be going on at the same time. And Star Wars Celebration in London will be just around the corner. So very exciting time. So also in that same vein, we finally got a new trailer for Season 2 of The Bad Batch. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the time has finally arrived. And we're just about on the precipice of another season of The Bad Batch. Now we will cover the trailer more in depth in a future episode as well, similar to Jedi Survivor. Uh, But we also got further confirmation that the series will return on Wednesday, January 4th with, get this everybody, two new episodes. So there's a lot coming very soon. A new poster featuring our gang of heroes can also be found on StarWars.com 
with the trailer as well. So be sure to check that out and support it where you can. Furthermore, Volume 3 of the music for Andor by Nicholas Bertel is now available on music streaming platforms. So if you were a fan of Andor and especially the music of it, which really came into play in those last couple of episodes, be sure to check it out on your favorite listening site. Volumes 1 and 2 were released previously and can also be found on those same platforms. Finally, a collection of short stories from the High Republic era has been released this past week. Titled Star Wars The High Republic Starlight Stories, this series features some tales from authors Justina Ireland, Charles Soule, and Kevin Scott. These shorts originally premiered in the Star Wars Insider magazine, but are now available to the masses to further flesh out Phase 1 of the High Republic. So if you've been keeping up with the High Republic, especially with Phase 1, Phase 2 just started not too long ago, this is really going to help flesh out some of those side stories and 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 fill in any gaps potentially that you may have in your complete High Republic um, library. So with that, everybody, that's all the news that we had for this week. We'll be back on the other side of this very, very short break to get into our Willow conversation. All right, everybody, it's time for some Willow Talk. Are you ready? I know I am. I mean, come on now. What a great episode this was. I was thinking in my head, do I go off script here and, and title this episode um, something else uh, than we originally would have called it? So, you know, I'm going with what we usually do, which is Willow episode three discussion. But I could have easily went with Don't Say Groin and Mixed Company. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Enter Sandman, right? Uh, the the wonderful end credit scene for this episode, or I shouldn't say scene really, but it's just the, like the the credits uh, to end this episode, uh, similar to the other weeks prior, includes a kind of pop rendition-y song. But this is a cover of the classic Metallica Enter Sandman song as done by Rena Soyama, uh, which was done for the Metallica Blacklist uh, record, which was a 30th anniversary uh, group of covers that they had commissioned by famous artists across all types of genres covering songs from the classic Black album. So if you liked what you heard, be sure to check out those other tracks as well. <coughs> Sorry about that, folks. I had to take a sip of water because I'm already getting ahead of myself with how exciting this all is. <coughs> also had something in my throat there too from swallowing too much water too fast there. Um, but yeah, this is just an excellent way. And we're going to get to, of course, the journey that got us to that end point here. But spoiler warning, everybody, for those of you at home that have not seen episode three of Will, the Battle of the Slaughtered Lamb. So what are you doing? Pause this episode now. Go check out the episode on Disney Plus and then come right back to this moment in time so that we can have full on discussions about it without getting uh, anyone um, spoiled to the to the incredible work that is done here. And again, the cast just continues to shine here and the story is, is setting itself into place here. I mean, the high fantasy elements certainly are a thing. And we we only dive further into that and get more tip of the iceberg world building as everything just kind of falls into place here a little bit piece by piece. But again, the, 
like I, I mentioned in previous episodes, the the brisk pacing of of this series is just is just there. We literally have this big cliffhanger at the end of episode two, and I'm like, where's Laura Dannon going? She's been captured by these these evil agents of the the weathered crone. And I was my immediate thought reaction was, what are the like? How long is it going to take this group to find that she's missing? Right, this this important person. And thankfully, it's not too long. But that was a, a lingering question that I had last week. Was like, wow, if they get a big head start, like that could be the majority of the season is trying to hunt her down again now, right? So I'm glad that that wasn't the case. Um, they just get right into it here, and, and and frankly, they even find this the the group so much faster than I even expected it. So that's a big standout here for me is that they're not wasting time in this series. They realize that they're important character beats to get, and they're just not lingering for the sake of doing so. They just don't want to exist in the world just to exist. They want it to have meaning, to have purpose, to have drive and desire, right? It's it's all got to be there in order for this to work. And that's why I think Willow is such a, a unique offering right now in this in this content world that we live in that is so you know vast with all these different groups and, and enterprises and stuff like that. So pretty cool as, as all that is, is going on here. So we start off the episode with a little bit of the tip of the iceberg storytelling for the Chimerian Kiras. We learn a little bit about the story of how it came to be and that it's this magical kind of armor that helps shield the wearer, if you're worthy, from darkness. And that's basically what they were, uh, Mad Mardigan and Borman set out to find was this thing that they could use to protect um, Tiris Lean and the, the realm from the weather crone, who knows, the gales, all these other potential horrible things out there that exist. As we're learning, there's there's a lot more than what they even expected. Uh, but yeah, we got this idea of the Lux Arcana too, which is, is this magical key that serves the wearer of the cuirass to really exact the magic of the armor. And I think that's just, uh, overall, it's just a cool concept and idea and purpose. And I hope that you know, if I'm speculating responsibly here, that through like the course of the season, or maybe at the end of the season, that eventually they find the cuirass that uh, Mad Morgan was hunting for, and now that Borman has the the Lux Arcana that he found from the slaughtered lamb tomb, that maybe uh, Kit gets to wear it, right? Maybe she's deemed worthy and she gets to put it on. I think that'd be pretty cool if you ask me and just kind of a full circle arc from the journey that her father went on to now her being able to possess it. I think that'd be pretty magical. Oh, but yeah, let's get back into some of this, to this story here. So we see that clearly Laura Dannon has some magical powers here. She turns out to grow that entire tree, uh, tree from the seed that Willow surmise would be like, all right, in a few months, maybe with some strong training and practice. And if you believe in yourself and train, you'll eventually get to grow this full on tree here that will ex- extract fruit and stuff like that. But he's like, you know, if, if it all goes according to plan, you will maybe grow it like a few inches right now. Turns out that wasn't the case at all. And we saw it sprouting a lot at the end of last episode. And we thought that maybe that's kind of where it ends. But no, it it goes the entire way. It is a fully fleshed out tree. It's an incredible display of what her magical capabilities actually are. But like I said, Jade quickly finds Valentine. And um, again, I'm a big fan of the pacing of the show overall so far. So there's this quick back action battle sequence here. It's pretty cool. 
I will say Borman's weapon is is super <laughs> unpractical and unrealistic, but it is fantastic. I mean, come on. It just sets you into this world of high fantasy and an action adventure. Certainly what a world that this mother world really is that Willow is established within. But poor Graydon struggles to free Alora fast enough, though. And the 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 odd thing that really set me like, what's Willow doing in this episode? Right. Even in the first two or three episodes, I know he only hops in in the end of the first episode, but like he hasn't really done a whole lot. And I've seen the comparisons online that people are saying, like, you know, it's definitely inspired by Last Jedi. And I agree with that, too. I see those those sentiments there. Um that it makes sense. He's 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 got to learn how to be as much of a of a teacher at this point as opposed to being the the hero of the story, even though it is called Willow. Still, it's, it's in that world. But we're also going to have to learn what it means to be an older hero uh, and to overcome fears, uh, overcome fears of the past. Um, all that's going to need to come into place here, and that's something that we learn too throughout the course of this episode is that. There's this the concept of magic is about not necessarily your belief in it and your strength and abilities as to like learning how to master it. But there's also like this like physical cost, too, that comes with it, that Willow is preserving his quote unquote strength for when they need it later on against the weathered crone and all that stuff. Maybe he thinks he's going to like use it all of it about at once and, and make like a big sacrifice of himself for the, the good of the realm. I don't know. Who knows, that could certainly be something that comes to pass, but he just seems to be afraid to get involved at this point. And I'm, I'm curious to how actually truthful that is. I know when he actually utilizes his magic later on that it does take a toll on him, clearly. But I don't know. There's just something that doesn't actually sit well with me. And maybe he's just more fear-based of it than than anything. Like, I get that. But I, I again, we don't know how the world entirely works here because if you watch the first one those magic users are just kind of using it willy-nilly so yeah we'll just have to see what really means like to to play out here again but his his like disappearing trick putting down that basically batman-esque uh escape fog if you will um doesn't really work out (laughs) it's not helpful at all actually the villains the valentine and his crew use it to uh, escape which is actually more beneficial to them than anything else. Well, so that's that's pretty wild. And what we learn is their goal here is not necessarily to kill Lordanon because that will mean her spirit hops from one entity to another. She'll be reborn. Basically, that's from the essence of the first film, right? Where all the the women, uh, the the female babies are are, are murdered, right? Because that is the spirit of the, the entity of which the Lord Annan is. So if if they were to kill her, then another child will be born with with that same strength and power as well. So their what their goal is is here is to imprison a Lord Annan's soul rather than um, doing exactly uh, the opposite and killing her. So that's kind of what their 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 end game here is. They're trying to take her to the Nakmar castle to this vortex to split between these two realms here. And, and that's it. Did I get a little ahead of myself there? I might have. So the scenery actually goes wild here. We're starting to see this vortex overcoming the, the realm. And holy cow, what, what are we looking at here? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, 
that's just really mind baffling here that we're seeing these kind of like these two worlds literally conjoining together, splitting apart. I'm not really too sure all that's going on. It's just wild to look at. Um, and of course, the center of this vortex is Nakmar Castle, as we'll see at the end of this episode, which is just absolutely great how it's able to tie it all back in to everything. Now, I will say, Alora, as she escapes from the crew a little bit there and goes to find the, um, Hubert and Anne out in the wild, she needs to take. She needs to get rid of some of those sleeves. I think that was like hindering her escape and and. Uh, keeping her held back from actually being able to <laughs> practically escape these, these villainous creatures uh, easily. I mean, come on, it's paging like a Bryce Dallas Howard situation from Jurassic world, where she's wearing these heels to escape from these massive dinosaurs. I mean, come on, no, save yourself. Um, it, it, funny stuff there overall, but Kit also learns a hard truth and separates from Jade a little bit here, where she finds out that Jade is actually co not necessarily giving in to, but she was basically letting her win in those sparring fights that they had between each other. So is she the best fighter that she thinks she is? Absolutely not. And what we learn here is that lying is not necessarily a great thing, <laughs> which goes without saying, of course, lying isn't good anytime. So be truthful to your friends and be honest with them about your intentions and what you're doing, because you know, people are eventually going to find out. It's not going to work out free in the end. And clearly, that's why they go their separate ways here. One goes down the Capella Pastures. The other goes down the Pitiless Pass. So Kit and, and Borman go down to the Pitiless Pass to go see if they can find the Slaughtered Lamb, which apparently is the inn. Title of the episode, The Slaughtered Lamb. Uh, and that's, that's an inn where he had uh, previously with Mad Mardigan told the, uh, I believe, the innkeeper about the... Uh, the uh, the cuirass, which uh, he said he would take to his grave, which eventually is where we find the 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 Lux Arcana, which um, he's able to to scoop out. <laughs> uh, so I found all that to be really neat and great world building overall here. Something that is really really cool that I also wanted to highlight is is Hubert and Anne, these two ladies that are living out in the frontier of this world. And did you all notice that the scenery absolutely changed? When Alora got out of that fog, like dark side environment here, basically looking like Exegol, but is now just seemingly went down a hill and is now in this like beautiful sunset scenery here with these two ladies in their cabin in the woods. I mean, come on now, I, who wouldn't want to hang out with with Hubert and Anne? Even though Anne never says a word, but they've got this great rapport between them good witty banter of course and i mean who knew that denim was such a a thing in the willow universe that's pretty cool and it's crazy how uh they like the shock on their faces when they learn of Alora's identity and how quick they are to join the cause i mean that's the inspiration that the idea behind Alora dannon is this legend this myth that has now come to life that's pretty pretty astounding when you actually think about it uh, overall <sighs> so meanwhile valentine does catch up to them and finds hubert Anne, and alora so hubert does her best to defend alora from valentine they have this clash but unfortunately valentine gets the unsuspecting cut in there that takes um Hubert out. Will that be the last time we see her, though? The camera does kind of linger on her 
Um, so maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm probably for the moment going to say that she is gone and Anna's definitely taken out too. There's there's no way way about that one there. And so they capture Alora again. Of course, we're also on these separate paths here where the 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 crew is 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 kind of stuck in the mud here and the cuirass is 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 the, the sequence where they're trying to find um pieces of the cuirass or part i guess the cuirass in general or you know borman's not really too open with what his intentions are here so um kit just wanted to get away from jade a bit to to, to think things through to to realize what is truthful and what is not right she just wanted to have some space and how indiana jones like was that underground tomb sequence we also learn about this thing as like what I-, I said that i was like where rats what you kidding me that's just a wild thing there and then like they look incredible too there's so many of them and i think that it was some sort of stop motion work done there which I thought was a really cool, brilliant way to incorporate that into the show. I mean, it looks absolutely terrifying and so realistic. And boy, are they plentiful in this tomb. I'll tell you what. They they were absolutely menacing. But of course, those tombs go on all sorts of different directions. And that's how they're able to find the group later on for that climactic battle. So I mentioned that, of course, we'll get to this final battle sequence here as as we get towards the end of the episode. Valentine and Aloro, along with his crew, find upon the remnants of uh, the Willow Band, as as we'll probably call them here, the ones that were meant to go the um, the Capella Pastures. Um, and Alora has this like big moment here where she's like, I will show you that I'm truly magical and I will call these creatures and people to my aid here. Um, and Valentine's like, sure, let, give, give me your best swirl here. So she says the words that help to the magical words that help to grow the um, the tree. But of course, nothing happens at this point. I mean, it's, it's hard to know that she knew that uh, this her friends would come to save her here. I don't think she anticipated that at all, but here we are, absolutely. So Willow, uh, Silas, Jade, and Graydon come into the fight to help their friend and and just really the the, the benefits of friendship here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that's really what happens here. This, this battle ensues, great music in the background, this epic scenery, rain starts falling like no tomorrow. Of course, uh, Stumbling out of the, out of the tunnels comes uh, Borman and and uh, Kit to help out too here, and we got a f- wonderful fight sequence between Valentine and Jade. The the student and the teacher face off in this moment, and Silas is 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 pushed aside by one of the uh, the the henchmen of of Valentine, and and of course this is actually it, it kills him because he's unable to to heal from his wounds um, that he incurred from this basically being tossed into a rock. And that forces Willow to make a grand choice in the episode, the choice to get involved, to sacrifice some of that strength that he'd been holding, holding on to. And, and frankly, to me, this is believing in himself once more. He needs to feel that mojo come through his, his body again, if you will. I mean, I have like a little bit of a quote section here at the end that I wanted to highlight where they say the word mojo. Um, but that's exactly, exactly what comes to, to pass here. Does does he, he needs to get back into the fight here a little bit more. 
And boy, when he does, he gets that oomph in him that he needs. His magic does not hold back at all. He defeats basically all of Ballantine's uh, henchmen, group, whatever you want to call them, even Ballantine himself, in a single swoop. And I really want to see what an unhinged Willow can do. I hope you do at home, too. We've got, hopefully, you know, five more episodes to see this in, its, in full uh, unrestricted form here. So that's that's really, really great job. And that's really what saves the, the, the crew at the end of the day. Jade gives Ballantine a warrior's death as they have that really heartwarming moment together where he says, you know, I, I've taught you everything that I possibly can do. It's been the great joy of my life to, to see you grow up and to learn all these things and to be the person that you are. Very heartwarming. Silas, too, gets his moment there with Willow as as uh, he provides Willow with the dog carving that he noted in episode two that he was meant to give to Willy, Libby. He asked Willow to do that for him. And he says that, tell her that he died protecting his best friend. Uh, and that's just a really heartwarming thing, too, again here. If, if only we can all have the same courage as Silas at the end of all things. Incredible stuff there. Thank you, Silas, for your for your uh, dedication to this team and for your your wonderful, glorious sacrifice um, in the name of friendship. So the group at the end of the episode climbs up the staircase here. It's the only way that they can get out of this this mud pit here. They don't have the wagon anymore. They're basically all on foot from here on out. And it reveals their final destination, ladies and gentlemen, as I alluded to in the beginning, because I've kind of been all over the place in this wonderful episode. There's so much to talk about here, so I kind of had to. Nakmar Castle, ladies and gentlemen. This is the castle, of course, from the original film where Queen Bavmorda set up her empire. This is where the climactic third act battle of that film takes place, where the pigs, uh, the, the warriors are turning to pigs, where Willow and Sherlandrea fight against... Um, uh, actually, uh, not Sherlyn Drea, but Finn Razel fight off against Queen Bavmorda, where Willow saves the day and saves uh, Elora Dan. And that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. We're going back to the beginning, where it all began. But we also have a little bit of a twist here. Graydon also reveals that he was touched by the bad magic, which could mean that he could become a conduit as well, like Valentine for the Gales. Which wouldn't be great. He wouldn't be great. I think we're going to go to Nakmar Castle, seek some shelter, and Will is going to enact some of that magic to help save him here. And uh, that's that's probably where we're going in episode episode four here. But that's that's not where we're all. That's not all, everybody. Enter Sandman. Did you hear that? I heard that drums pop in there, and man, we were off. We were off for the hills. It is. And also, Nakmar looks like it's the center of that vortex, that splitting between the two realms, the conjoining of it all. That's where the group was heading, Valentine and his gang. That's where they were going with Laura Dannon. So the fact that they're already going to the same place that they were meant to go to, I don't know if that's necessarily smart either. We'll have to see how that all plays out. I can only imagine. But man, what a great show. What great pacing. What fun adventure. High fantasy. It's all coming together into one epic, epic swoop here. So that is all of my main thoughts for Willow. Episode three, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to conclude with some great, great quotes here that I that I compiled. There was some great, hilarious humor and comedy that just I wasn't expecting at all. I was almost to the point where I was in tears from how hilarious some of the comedic bits in this episode 
really were when uh, Willow is like, shiv somebody, shiv someone, he says to Silas when he's like, do something, shiv someone. Uh, the, the the line I said earlier in this episode, don't say groin in mixed company. That one really got me going for some reason. When Graydon asks, can a sor- uh, sorry, Jade asks to Graydon, can a sorcerer lose his mojo? I mean, I just watched Austin, Austin Powers last night and I'm just, I just guess just have the word mojo in my head as a comedic uh, word. So that just got me laughing a little bit more on my set, on my rewatches here. And then uh, later on, Borman and and Kit have that conversation where she says, what what are where rats? And Borman replies back with um exactly what they sound like. And that's frankly is the, is the best description as you could ask for when it comes to that creature when they when they actually do appear that's that's kind of what i said too is like yeah that looks like a were rat that looks exactly what like like you would expect it there and then finally the last one that i recorded here just really put a big laugh on uh uh it just exerted out of me was when the group at the end the willow gang joins into the fight there they they spring the trap to attack valentine and his forces in the climactic battle graydon says stay away from her you silly ninnies and willow replies back with solid insult that will put them in their place like the sarcasm that he had for that was just really on point work davis is coming in coming in hot here so great work to all team here cast and crew Everybody behind this, John Kazan for writing this. Just epic work all across the board here, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you're enjoying Willow as much as I am. What are you thinking about all of this? I'd love to hear about it, and I hope you enjoy our join in on the conversations that we're having on our social media channels. Like, uh, we're having so many great conversations over there talking about Willow, Star Wars, all things that are coming up in the Lucasfilm world speculating on it responsibly we're having a great time and come on in join the conversation we want to hear from you we can be found on facebook instagram youtube tiktok twitter hive just search for schools conversations and we'll be there in some way shape or form also we're now entering the 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 closing two weeks or so of the holiday season here folks so if you want to get a force ghost conversations bit of merchandise for that fan or just for yourself before the holiday comes here, whether it be Christmas, Hanukkah, all that stuff, be sure to check out our Public store, where I'm sure they're running sales. They run sales pretty frequently here. So if you want a Force Ghost Conversations t-shirt, you want a pillow, you want an iPhone case holder, all that's available there. You can find our Star Wars-inspired logo. You can also find our Willow-inspired logo content there as well. So be sure to check out all of that and all the you know some of the proceeds go to supporting the show and we really appreciate that as it helps us to expand grow find new audiences create more seats around the proverbial force ghost conversations campfire so with that everybody we will be back very soon actually because we have a, another episode coming this wednesday which will be a discussion about that brand new indiana jones and the dial of destiny trailer yes it is coming your way folks so Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening site, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, you name it. We're on all of them. So tell your friends about us, too. And we'll be back before you know it in your podcast feeds with another episode. And until then, folks, may the force be with you. Take care. Have a great week. Bye.